Well, hello everyone. I am Matt Williamson. How's everyone doing this fine day? Let's do some more Steeler Packer recap. I got a bunch of notes. I got some snap count stuff. And so let's just dig right in. So, how about this? The Packers, and I think we knew this, but this is starting to be a bit of a trend. Green Bay came up empty on their final four possessions in the fourth quarter. A three and out was followed by another punt, yet Love got them back in the red zone twice in the final four minutes, needing a touchdown both times. Both drives ended in Love interceptions. I was rough on the defense. The back seven is really, really, really worrisome to me. But it's kind of like Pickett, you know, like three quarters of badness and then fourth quarter Kenny. Like, something be said for that. There's certainly a mental toughness involved. Maybe there's a little luck, <laughs> you know. But that existed. I mean, that happened. That was four final possessions. They got zero points when they needed it most. So, back to the bad back seven, back bad secondary. So, Love had a lot of success down the field. 145 of his 289 passing yards. Yes, you know, so that's like 20 yards or more were on deep passes. You know, so 20 more air yards. I mean, balls that were attempted 20 yards downfield or further. About half of his production came on such passes. Teams have been attacking the Steelers deep all year. I think it's going to get even worse. I mean, why wouldn't it? So, it was kind of difficult to decipher what all happened with post-Alexander injuries, who was all out there. So, in their dime, Keanu Neal became an inside linebacker, basically. I mean, so, he was the dime linebacker. And if you know, he the Steelers are a heavy... Base defense with four defensive backs on the field and a heavy dime defense with six. They don't play a lot of nickel. So I wonder, I mean, obviously there's going to be issues when you have two linebackers on the field, inside linebackers. But if Neil handles your dime stuff for a chunk of it, that's probably the plan. Not Roberts, obviously. Um, Elijah Riley played a lot more and Trenton Thompson was on the field quite a bit safety. I don't yet have those snap counts, but I kind of like Riley slot corner abilities, safety. He might have to play more. Hopefully Minka's back, but I think I touched on this too yesterday, but maybe not enough. Not only were they the secondary and back seven slow and unathletic and frankly not very good football players, but somewhat predictably with no Minka, no Holcomb, no Alexander, there were a lot of busts, a lot of coverage busts, a lot of communication issues. You would hope that stuff gets cleaned up going forward. I mean, I know people always blame the coaches. You should be prepared for this stuff. But it's really hard for any defense to lose one or two communication guys and fill in appropriately in the middle of a game. So you would hope those things get better. You probably have to get a little more generic with zones and just keep things in front of you too, just to not have Wallace and those guys stuck in one-on-one -on -one matchups where their lack of athleticism shows up. Keanu Benton. 
he finished his game with six tackles, two quarterback hits. His pressure also helped T.J. Watt get the Steelers' only sack in the game. I actually thought Benton got there first on first blush, but that wasn't the case. So those numbers back up that everything we've been saying, everything we've been thinking, he's really good. I mean, he's starting to be a real force. That's a very encouraging sign. So this this uh, this website, Rotoviz, they've been doing this for a long time. They have a pace app, you know, like – how often do you throw different times of the game? So the Steelers passed on only 55% of their plays in a neutral game script, but in week eight and nine combined, what's a neutral game script? I don't know exactly how they define it, but the second half of the Niner game was not a neutral game script. You had to throw, you had to throw, you had to throw. I'm pretty sure that they define it as the game is eight points one way or the other without a tiny bit of on the clock. Basically, when you can have the freedom to either run or pass and aren't stuffed into a box to do one or the other. Over the last two weeks, they've been a 55% run team, which is really, really, really high, to be honest with you. So in a in the Packers game, they attempted only 23 passes and 32 rushes by non-quarterbacks. Speaking of which, since week eight, Kenny's thrown 69 pass attempts for only 359 yards. I mean, that's two wins, but pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I actually screwed that up. I was, so week eight and nine was Jacksonville and Tennessee. Week 10 was the Packers. So... They were 55% combined against the Titans and Jags running. And those numbers I mentioned for Kenny are over three games, not two. 69 pass attempts, 359 yards over three games. Wow. So you probably are aware Warren set his career high rushing last week against the Titans with 88 yards. And then he beat it this week with his first 100-yard game. Early down snaps, 22 to Harris, first and second down, 21 to Warren now. Third down snaps, eight for Warren, one for Harris. This will always be a committee, and they both have a role. But Warren's role is growing, and deservedly so. Really not because Harris is playing poorly. I think he's playing the best he has, too. But Warren's pretty darn good. They had 100 rushing yards on 20 carries in the first half and 105 yards on 16 attempts in the second half. Balanced the whole way through. 36 to 23 run-pass ratio in this game. Here is a little note for the upcoming opponent I found was interesting. Deshaun Watson. Talk about him for a second. He struggled early in that game. He left right before halftime with an injury, foot injury of some sort, ankle, whatever it was, and missed the final snap of the half to get into halftime early. And after the game was seen in a walking boot, but in between those two things, the second half, he completed every one of his 14 pass attempts for 134 yards and a touchdown. And his completion percentage over expectation was plus 18.2. 
So the average quarterback in those instances would complete X amount of passes. Well, he was like 18% better than that in that half. Probably the best half of football Watson's played for the Browns right before he played the Steelers. Also in that game, the Ravens are only the third team in NFL history to lose a game despite holding four separate leads of 14 plus points in a game. And the first to do so in nearly 20 years. That's amazing. You probably know this. Uh, the Steelers are now 6-0 in games decided by one score this season. They're also 5-1 this season when Pickett starts and finishes a game. Uh, quick break. I want to talk a little bit about Steelers snap count, and that'll wrap it up. All right, I'm back. I have the offensive skill position snap count stuff here. And the Steelers snapped the ball 65 times. Wide receivers, Pickens was out there for 62. Deontay for 53. Robinson, kind of sadly, nondescriptly, as I keep harping on, still out there for 50. Zero targets. I mean, brutal. He only ran 18 routes all day. Calvin Austin was out there for 13, and Boykin was out there for nine, only ran one route, which, alert, alert, if Boykin's out there, they're probably going to run the ball. I mean, eight out of nine snaps, he was out there, they ran the ball. Tight end distribution, I like this a little bit too, because I do think less of Hayward is more. Him and Darnell Washington were almost identical. Washington played 33 snaps, Hayward played 34 Washington only ran a route seven times, though. Hayward only ran a, Hayward ran a route 18. These things are starting to be a little telling that Robinson, Boykin, Washington are going to be out there when you run the ball. I guess it hasn't mattered, but they are tells. Rodney Williams was out there for three. Kind of mentioned before, Warren and Harris, equal usage, equal snappage. Warren was out there for 33. Harris was out there for 33. McFarlane was out there for one with Warren, by the way. A um, little bit of Packers stuff here. It's not super interesting, but they played four receivers. They had 68 snaps. They played four different wide receivers between 30 and 56 snaps. That was Wicks, Reed, Watson, Dubs. So they had a pretty decent four receiver rotation out there. They're young tight ends, both rookies that I like. Kraft played 35. Musgrave played 50. Okay. I think the most interesting of their snap count stuff is Aaron Jones only outsnapped A.J. Dillon 38 to 34, which I think was a bit of a gift for the Steelers, to be honest with you. Dillon had a long run, but frankly, I think he's shot. He's been bad this year, to be very honest with you. And Jones was... Really, really good a week ago. I don't know if he couldn't handle two weeks in a row of the the pounding, but I thought the whole offense would go through Jones. And frankly, I think the Packers did the Steelers a little bit of a favor by not taking that approach. All right, I'll be back with some more in-depth stuff um, over and out.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.